Welcome to another episode of Hogging the Mic. I'm Tucker Partridge, along with my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul Malone. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live after another Hogs win. Feeling really good. Glad to be here. This was a good one. This was one that I think the two of us and a lot of Razorback fans really enjoyed. It's always fun to get one over on Tennessee, and we did so uh, in a pretty dominant performance. Let's break that down and just dive on into it. Let's talk about the Arkansas defense because they were back and better than ever, in my opinion. It was hot to watch, baby. I just want to say real quick, one thing that I'm not used to, uh, or I haven't felt in a long time about being a Hog fan, is I expected us to win this game, and we won it, Uh, which is not something that we can say that happens too often around here uh, regarding football. So I just want to say a shout out to the Hogs coming through and like fulfilling what I thought what should have been a win with a win. Uh, feels good to, you know, kind of get out of your own way and, and come away with a win uh, in, a, in a fun way that, you know, just feels good because you expect to win. So a new feeling to get used to, but one that I certainly do not mind. But yeah, let's uh, take a look at some Hog stats. Defense was on fire only allowed 292 total yards of offense. In modern uh, college football. In the year 2020, in the SEC, folks, that is pretty good stuff. Um, only 107 yards passing for the Tennessee Volunteers, but they more than made up for it with 185 yards on the ground, uh, kind of slashed the hogs, uh, especially our guy Eric Gray, who went for 31 carries. 123 yards and a touchdown, adding three catches for 27 yards. He was their offense, as we will see. Uh, Jared Guarantano was knocked out of the game kind of early in the third, and they kind of had to turn to some, uh, to put it kindly, not as good quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> Brian Maurer came in to hand the ball off and attempt four passes. He completed none of those. Uh, the Volunteers decided they had had enough of that and brought in highly ranked recruit Harrison Bailey, who proceeded to go six for nine and for 65 yards and throw two picks. Like we said, Eric Gray uh, was the offense for uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, the leading receiver for the Volunteers was Josh Palmer, who had two catches for 28 yards. Not exactly the most dominant performance on the passing attack side of the ball for the Volunteers. Not even the most uh, dominant on his own team in the passing attack, <laughs> given that Eric Gray caught three balls. Yeah, true. Uh, for one less yard. So, I mean, really, Eric Gray, he kind of carried that team offensively. Uh, so, really, I mean, and it, you got to you gotta respect their commitment to just feeding him the ball because they knew it was going right. Uh, on defense, the Hawks were led by Bumper Pool with 14 tackles. Six of those were solo. Jalen Catalan with 12 tackles. Six of those were solo. He also had an interception. And Grant a fumble. Morgan, Force and a fumble, fumble recovery, that's right, correct, uh, a fumble recovery, you're right. Grant Morgan had 12 tackles, five of those were solo, and our guy Eric Gregory, to seal the game, had a nice diving interception off the tip ball uh, at the end of the fourth quarter when Tennessee was driving and in hog territory. So a real kind of return to form, which we both predicted predicted in the last game or last episode, that the, this would be kind of a return to form and the defense will play with a little bit of swagger, and they absolutely did. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Arkansas offense, kind of a tale of two halves, which we can dive into in a little bit here, but let's break down some numbers. Uh, Felipe Franks going 18 of 24 for 215 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Traylon Smith led, actually, Arkansas in the running department with nine carries for 72 yards. Pretty efficient on his nine carries. 
carries, I must say. Rakeem Boyd had 19 carries for only 65 yards. Both of them had negative receiving yards, so we don't need to really touch on that. Traylon Burks continues to impress. Nine catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Mike Woods came through <laughs> with a Mike Woods game, just as I called last episode, with three catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. And my big, beautiful, large football son, Blake Kern, came through <laughs> with three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. So another great game for Blake. Worth noting that Arkansas fumbled four times this game, uh, but happened to recover all four, so ended up not being as critical as it could have been and also worth noting Trey Knox once again nowhere to be seen um unless I missed an injury report that going into this game he just wasn't involved uh as much as you would think and has kind of disappeared this season and has taken a backseat to Burks and Woods that said still a very talented player and want to see him get the ball um what did you think here? I mean, obviously, first half, we stunk out loud. Uh, we're just not very good or fun to watch, and I thought played down kind of a little bit to our competition level. And as we kind of were texting during the game, we would have loved to hear that halftime speech and have heard whatever Coach Pittman and the coaching staff said to him because they came out and just the third quarter lit it up, 24 unanswered points to cruise to a 11-point victory. Yeah, no, it was a great performance in terms of grit and, you know, having the heart to come back. There are several times we've seen an Arkansas team not be able to make that comeback because of the lack of mentality. And it's clear that under Sam Pittman, that mentality is just not going to be a problem. These guys are going to fight to the end. I mean, we saw that in the A&M game, the team obviously put together a great drive to end that game. And they celebrated like it was, you know, the tying score because they still said, you know, we're going to score some points and stay in this game. We're not going to get blown out and lay down. Well, you got to see the result of that against a worse team with the third quarter. That third quarter is one of the best quarters of football I've ever watched in terms of defensive and offensive execution. It literally everything worked. It yeah. is a testament to the adjustments that these coaches are able to make, that these players are able to make, the mentality that they've instilled. I mean, this game alone, to me, and obviously, you know, I say this every week, but this is kind of like a coach of the year resume builder thing that Sam Pittman yeah. can put in because you can point to literally every facet of this game and show, well, we started slow, but the coaching adjustments, which of course he wouldn't take credit for, uh, <laughs> it's just, that's coaching and yeah. it is an amazing, amazing change from last year to this year. Yeah, and uh, we you know everyone got word today that Coach Pittman tested positive for COVID nineteen. He is asymptomatic and said he's feeling good. And he said if he's unable to coach this weekend, that his staff will have his players ready to go. And I fully believe him. But we just want to say, you know, get well soon, Coach. Uh, man, you have done something special here in Arkansas, and are firing us up and the fan base. And it's just, I don't, I think it'd be pretty, it'd be a bummer to not see you on the sideline. But obviously, want to get you healthy first. So sending you some warm wishes there, but. Yeah, I just so impressed with the halftime adjustments the Hogs made. Um, I think too, just kind of drew up plays where they could stop shooting themselves in their in their foot. I mean, as we were both kind of complaining watching that first season, first half of of the game, just like man, wh- why do we have to lateral six times every play? <laughs> <laughs> why is everything a double reverse double pass? Why can't we just maybe throw the ball to Traylon Burks on like one pass? So you know, a good question is: Are do we lateral too much? Many are saying this. Many are saying that we do, and I am inclined to agree with them. But I think. 
yeah, we kind of got it back on track and stopped trying to be so cute in the second half. And as we saw it, it worked. And just kind of another classic, <laughs> another classic Felipe Frank's line. Where yes. We were talking about it on the last episode where he Mr. only consistent. Has, Mr. Consistent only has six incompletions for over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns. Just kind of what you've come to expect from him day to day. Classic day at the office for Felipe Franks. Did a little better job of getting rid of the ball uh, yes. and, and not trying to be a hero every play and living to fight another down, which... Uh, maybe he just listens to us. Maybe he listens to the pod. <laughs> if so, you listen to the pod, please come thanks on. Thanks so much, Felipe. Please come on the show. We'd love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought this game was interesting offensively in what kind of the approach was. I felt like this was a much more pass-heavy game, but also, I don't know about you, but I felt that there were long stretches of this game where we didn't see Rakeem Boyd, which made me wonder if maybe there's still some kind of lingering injury or if maybe they had him on some kind of carry count. And I don't know, yeah. maybe the game f- just favored Traylon Smith because obviously he put together more with fewer carries. But uh, I don't know if you felt that, but I definitely felt where's Rakeem for some yeah. of the second half. And maybe, you know, again, I don't want to speculate or put anything in there. It just made me wonder, you know, yeah. where is he? Yeah. I agree. And, you know, you think I, I, it wouldn't be surprised if he's still just a little banged up just over the course of the season, you know, was was hurt earlier in the season, had a real strong game against A&M, but still it's college football. You're going to get hurt. And I think, yeah, I think might just be some like some kind of maintenance issues or maybe just uh, yeah, had him on a snap count. I mean, 137 combined yards of, of rushing between the two is nothing to sneeze at. And Traylon was efficient with his carries and Rakeem did get almost 20 carries here. So, you know, I don't, it doesn't seem like he was, you know, it, it didn't seem like they were worried about using him too much. I mean, 19 carries is nothing to, to laugh at there. So, but I do think, yeah, he, I don't think he's quite at what we saw last season. Um, and I think that might just have to do with like being banged up and not being quite a hundred percent, but still being good enough to play against an SEC opponent like this and, and still produce pretty pretty good stuff you know obviously you want him to to get into the end zone or maybe go for a little more than 65 but just kind of kind of a a, a game for for Rakeem there to you know he played well but it, like you said just doesn't look quite himself moving over to the defensive side of the ball I think we saw one key uh subtraction from our defense against A&M and that was that early ejection with Jalen Catalan because my goodness what a comeback game from him that is among the best I've seen a safety play at Arkansas in my time watching them and he's a freshman yeah and uh, everyone is talking about how he in the film room is leading those meetings making guys stay after practice to watch extra film and is just really stepping up as a leader on that team and like he said he's a freshman and man one of the harder hitting safeties I've been I've seen this year in college football he lays the wood really hard and as well as just having those kind of great ball hawking skills and gives you a lot of lot of hope for what's to come and off and for the Arkansas defense because man he has looked good this season and like we said is is really young in his Arkansas career and is already stepping up to be a kind of a leader and you can't ask for more for someone that's a young guy like that I obviously am excited to see what he becomes and considering the COVID protocols he will classify as a freshman next year i'm sure he could leave you know next year for the draft but you know we could have him for a little while if he wanted to stay i obviously won't begrudge anybody for trying to chase the nfl but uh one of the things that i noticed just is his command of the defense like he's always saying something to people and usually you see that with linebackers but as a safety, he really organizes the defense, and it's really cool to see that kind of step up under 
Barry Odom, who, again, is probably the favorite for the Broyles Award at this point. Yeah, I would. I mean, you got he's at he's got to be in the you know the short list at the very least, but if not the absolute front runner. And I think too, uh, just another a great defensive performance from some of the guys we've come to rely on. Bumper Pool was all over the field last night. Just seemed like he was making every tackle. Grant Morgan once again with a great game uh, with that you know still got the arm in the brace and you know playing with one arm essentially and just. Overall, just kind of what you hope to see from Arkansas on the defensive side of the ball, considering how well they played up until, you know, the A&M game and a couple other things like that. But, man, just really got their swagger back and controlled the flow of the game in that second half. I mean, gave up 13 points in the first half and didn't it didn't feel like they necessarily got beat a ton, just kind of got, you know, the plays were calls were good and, and Tennessee kind of got in a little bit of a game flow. But 13 points allowed over a half isn't terrible, all things undone, and 13 points allowed over an entire game is great. So really, I know, just again, those second half adjustments that we talked about earlier on both sides of the ball are just so welcome. And, and just a weird thing to kind of see in action and succeed because, you know, last year we were able, you know, as, as just pretty – you know, basic fans uh, be able to watch games and point out adjustments that should have been made at halftime and then watch them not be made and watch us keep trying the same stuff over and over and to see a coaching staff actually observe what's happening in the first half, change it, and see success from it is something that's been really, really cool to see this season in particular under Pittman and Odom and that coaching staff. As much as we like to drag Chad Morris, I do think it needs to be pointed out. He said Jalen Catalan is one of the best players he's ever recruited out of high school. So he got him right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> if, if if nothing else, he got Jalen Catalan right. <laughs> you will not hear me praise Chad Morris too often on this podcast, so soak it in while you can. Thank you for Jalen Catalan, Chad Morris. <laughs> Looking ahead, uh, obviously we have made some predictions going forward, but overall trend of the season, it feels good, you know, Yeah. like it feels as though these games are there to be won. And I know we say this every week, but you're right. There is something about expecting to win a game and then doing it that we just haven't had in the past couple of years. And yeah. that really, you know, can't be taken for granted to look at the remaining games on the schedule and see some possible games that I would expect to win and expect this team to deliver. I just, what a great feeling to be feeling again. Yeah. I mean, the very real possibility of a five and five to 500 like season that is very much on the table, I think for the hogs and to think, to think about where they were, a couple seasons ago versus to, I mean, just like so far ahead of schedule to be five and five. And I mean, that's, if you're five and five in the SEC this season, you're going to a bowl game. Like the Hogs would absolutely go to a bowl game at five and five. Might even be able to pull one off at four and six, depending on how things shake out. But I think five and five is very much on the table. And I mean, God forbid we, we shock someone and, and beat up Florida or beat an Alabama team and, you know, end up going six and four or something. And cause spiritually right now we're four and two. Uh, I mean, you take away that Auburn game referee snafu and this is a four and two football team. We're definitely not three and three. Uh, you know, I mean, we are three and three, but like there's a, a good chance that, you know, we're four and two if the, if one call goes our way. So, I mean, a really good opportunity for the Hogs to keep making positive gains in national media. And once again, you will hear us calling for it. Rank the Hogs, baby. Rank my Hogs. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we obviously will have a show to pre- we have a game to preview this weekend, so we'll have a show to you later in the week to preview uh, what is a scary game to me against Florida. It's terrifying. Uh, They're good. They're very very, good. very spooky game. Uh, obviously, we wish Coach Pittman the best. I'm hoping for a false positive test, but we're recording this Monday night, so we shall see. All, uh, nevertheless, best of luck to him. Uh, we hope he gets better soon. But I don't know about you. I feel pretty confident about Barry Odom and handling it. Yeah, I think if you're going to have someone else step in in, in Coach Pittman's place, Barry Odom is the guy. And, you know, Coach Pittman has full trust in him. He's been a head coach before. He's been here. So uh, you can't ask for a, a better situation as far as someone stepping in to take over for Coach Pittman. That said... Uh, my preference is that Coach Pittman is a false positive and that he is not sick and is able to – I just think there's something about his presence on the sideline well that is kind of uh, calming and also just, you know, it's it's nice to see him out there coaching. I mean, it just gives me a lot of hope and it gives me a lot of confidence in our team when he's out there. But that said, uh, I have the pretty much same amount of faith in Barry Odom to lead this team. Little after that little tangent, uh, I guess we will say follow us on Twitter at Hogan Mike Pod. Please share us, rate us, uh, share us with your friends, share us with your enemies. We really don't care. <laughs> Just spread it far and wide. Um, if you want to read a little more Arkansas sports, someday I'll catch up on pigtails. Uh, and <laughs> if you want to read some sports jokes, follow Blue Wire Podcasts. And if you want to hear... Some cool podcasts. My boy Saul is pro- is producing a lot of them. So it's true. We have an NFL podcast called the NFL Roadshow with Lindsey Rhodes, uh, which I am producing right now. So if you like NFL, we get that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So check that out as well. It's a good time. Other than that, that's all I've got to say. Do you have any last words? Oopig suey and screw you, Chad Morris. Go Hogs. <laughs>